Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for every, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Lord, we thank you because you are our God. You're not a God that we heard about that somebody else is God, but now you are our God. Father, I ask that you would lead our steps, guide our steps, Lord. Let our lives be acceptable in your sight. Lord, because we know that you not only look at the outward action, but Lord, you look at the motives of the heart. And Lord, you judge man by the motives of his heart or her heart. So, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you, Father, would keep us walking in your way. Lord, we know that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, Father, we ask that you would be you, that you would use us. Because we know that we're vessels. We have not this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of us, but that the power may be of you. Lord, we know whatever you require of us, you will give us the power to do that. Lord, when you require for us to live holy, you will give us the power to live holy. When you require for us to love our enemies and love those who despitefully use us, you will give us the power to do that. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you're building a spiritual house here, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're building a people, Lord, that are not governed by their emotions or not governed by the flesh, Lord, not governed by our, our appetites. And we're not governed by our impulses, but we're governed by faith. Lord, we want to walk in faith. We want to live in faith because, Lord, we know that without faith, it is impossible to please you. So, Father, we want to be a people that are pleasing to you. Lord, I hear you You in the spirit saying, come clean to all of us. Come clean to be transparent before you, Lord. Whatever that thing is that we need to get rid of, Lord, you're asking us to come clean. Lord, whatever sin we need to confess before you, you're asking us to come clean. Lord, because we know that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us. But not only to forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. Knowing that, Lord, whatever that thing in us that produced that sin, Lord, will be taken away so that we won't have to struggle in that area anymore. Father, we thank you right now for the power of your spirit. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus died on the cross, but he not only died, not only was he buried, but he rose again on the third day. Lord, he rose again that we might rise again. Father, he rose that we might rise up, whatever it is that we need to rise up out of, whether it be doubt, whether it be fear, whether it be worry, or whatever it is, Lord, we can rise up out of that thing because he got up with all power in his hand. So, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us tonight, Lord, from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 14. Amen. I'm happy to see everyone here tonight. How many know that God is real? Yes. Amen. Amen. 
I'm thankful I have a, a map on my on the wall in my office and uh, thank brother uh, Percy he's not here tonight but he got that for me and uh, sometimes before you go in you have to survey the land amen Amen. and God was bringing the children of Israel into the land he sent forth who Joshua sent forth spies not that they didn't believe God but God wanted them to have proof of what he had told them and so we have a, I have a map there and we plan on inundating every area around Hornville, Lulin, and Bootee and everywhere with the gospel of Jesus Christ right. to make sure that everyone knows Jesus. Amen. Amen. No matter, there's nobody that God ever threw away. No, no. You know, society throws people away because they figure that there's no use in them, but God always Amen. has use in yes. us and in them. And nobody has gone too far that God can't use them. Amen. 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 So if you remember, I preached a few Sundays ago and we were talking about Abraham. Uh, Abraham was called out out of Ur of the Chaldees and, you know, God asked him to leave his father's house. How many of you remember that? Oh, yes. Asked him to leave his father's house, asked him to leave his kindred. And in other words, in the Middle Eastern culture, they valued family above everything because the father gave you your identity. And the father, if, if the father was a carpenter, then it was most likely that the son would be a carpenter. How many of you remember when Jesus was on the face of the earth in the flesh, he's still here in the spirit, but when he was here in the flesh, they said, is not this Joseph and Mary's son, Joseph the carpenter? So. They didn't judge, Je they judged Jesus based upon his family identity, but they didn't know who his father really was. Yeah, that's right. And so God was asking Abraham or Abram at that time to leave his identity behind. Yes, sir. How many of us know? Because God it was telling Abram that I'm going to be the one that's going to make you great. It's not your family affiliation that's going to make you great, but it's me that's going to make you great. And he told Abram, he said, Every nation that is on the face of the earth is going to be blessed what? In you. Not just by you, but in you. So, you know, sometimes we look at uh, blessings as being that which is material, but blessings are not always that which is material. Blessings are spiritual blessings. Blessings are, are that connection with God. When, when I spend time with him and he talks to me and I talk to him, that's a blessing. When he makes me more like him, that's a blessing. Those are eternal things. He's not talking about material things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Even Jesus said, he said, don't lay up your treasures on earth where rust and moth destroy and where thieves dig through and steal. There are blessings beyond material blessings. The Bible said that God has seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and has blessed us with what? How many of y'all know your Bible? All spiritual blessings. Amen. It's not don't just look at the material thing. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. Amen. So Abram came out of Ur of the Chaldees. And then we you remember he went down into Egypt because there was a famine. But that was one of the times somebody was bringing forth something I was reading. And they were saying that that was one of the times that Abram really did not seek God to make the move that he made. And he went down there and. He, he encountered Pharaoh and these people in Egypt were a licentious people. They were they were sexually loose. Yes. Huh? Amen. And he went down there and he was afraid that 
Pharaoh was going to take his wife and he told a lie. Isn't that right? But then God still turned around and worked it out. See, that's the thing. When we read the Bible, we're reading about real people that really lived and they lived in this body just like we do. They face fears just like we do. They face worry and doubt just like we do. How many of you remember when Jezebel was coming against Elijah and Elijah had just come down from Mount Carmel and God had worked a mighty miracle for him, didn't he? And then what did Elijah do? He ran. Huh? Mighty man of God, he's running from this woman. (laughs) Huh? The Bible says of Elijah in, in the book, I believe it's James, it said Elijah was a man. Subject to like passions just like we are. God does not take us out of our personality. He does not take us out of our body. He does not take us out of our physicality. He does not take us out of our humanity to use us. Did you hear what I said? The Bible said that just like I was praying in the beginning and the Holy Spirit gave me that. Paul said that we have not this treasure, or we have this treasure rather, in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You know, all too often man has got caught up in himself and people's praises and all that kind of thing. Y'all have seen the preachers that have been used by God and they got too caught up. And they forgot that it's God and not me. Huh? But yet we have to remember that that every battle that we go through, every struggle that we face is God and not us. And remember this also, because we're about to look at a battle that Abram that Abram wound up in, but he did not. It wasn't his battle. Some of the battles that we fight are not our battles. Huh? Not just that they belong to God, but some of the battles that we fight down here, the Bible said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against power, principalities, and high places. Isn't that right? But sometimes the battles that we fight are not ours. Sometimes we have to fight for our grandchildren. Sometimes we have to fight for our brother, our physical, uh, uh, biological brothers and sisters. And sometimes we have to fight for our spiritual brothers and sisters. Uh, Even in the book of Nehemiah, he said, fight for your brethren. Huh? Sometimes we have to engage in battle with the enemy for somebody else. If we love them enough and if we're concerned enough about them to engage in battle for them. The Bible says strengthen the hands that are weak among you that are hanging down. Sometimes we have to support our brothers and our sisters. Sometimes we have to go get them and say, come on, I'm going to fight this battle. We're going to fight this together. Huh? A lot of times you don't hear that in the church today, do you? That we're going to fight this battle together. We'll rather talk about somebody in the church world, I'm saying, by and large, than to get on our knees and say, call their name out in prayer. Say, Lord, their concerns are my concerns. Their battle is my battle. Their struggle is my struggle. That's right. Isn't that right? And that's what we need because we are none of us are exempt. None of us. The devil don't like none of us. The Bible says the devil walks by as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't just want to bite you. Huh? You know what devour means? I know y'all know. Swallow. Eat them up. Huh? That's what the devil wants to do to each and every one of us. And the Bible says, consider yourself, lest you also be 
tempted. God told Abraham that every nation of the earth will be blessed through you. Isn't that right? What I want us to remember also is all the prophecies that have went before we got to this point. In Genesis, once again, he, God told Adam and Eve, he told the serpent, he let everybody know what he was going to do. God doesn't hide anything from any, anybody. He said, well, first of all, he's going to speak to his prophets first and let them know so they can speak the word. Isn't that right? So he told them, he said that the, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent would come to battle. Isn't that right? Amen. Does a woman have seed? No. Amen. No, she does not. Amen. No, she does not. So when he talked about the seed of the woman, when Jesus came on the scene, did he have an earthly father? Did he? Yes, he did. Yeah. I'm talking about a progenitor. I'm talking about one that, that slept with his mother and he came about. No, he did not. I should have clarified that a little bit better, but no, he did not. He had a, a heavenly father, right? So therefore, who is that? The seed of who? It's the seed of God, but it's the seed of the woman. Isn't that right? Huh? Isn't that right? <laughs> All right. The seed of the woman. That's what the Bible said. The seed of the woman. He said the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Huh? And then you will become pregnant. He will impregnate you with God's son. Isn't that right? So, the, so from that very point, the Bible is looking forward to that one which would come and deal with the seed of the serpent. Huh? Isn't that right? The Bible said that Jesus said that they're the children of God and they're also the children of Satan. Huh? So, and then God told Abraham this, but he said, every nation of the earth shall be blessed by you. Is that what he said? Through you or in you. Isn't that right? Because Jesus was in the, was in the loins of who? Abraham. He said, he said, before Abraham was, I am. And then what did he say in Matthew? Some of y'all didn't do your homework, but when we look at the genealogy, that's in Matthew, huh? He said what? Jesus, the son of who? The son of David? The son of Abraham? Isn't that right? So Jesus, Isaac depicted who? Jesus. Isaac was a, was a symbolic token of Jesus. Isn't that right? Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. All right. He was a symbolic. He was symbolic of Jesus. Because where did Abraham take Isaac? To the mountain. What was Isaac? A sacrifice. Who sacrificed him? His father. Huh? And I heard somebody say that Mount Moriah is the same mountain that was later called Calvary. Huh? In that very spot. Sometimes we got to realize what God is doing when we in a certain place and we're seeing a certain thing. God is trying to show us what's going to happen in the future. And sometimes God is trying to show you where you're going to be. Huh? Because I've been in some places. Matter of fact, let me tell you this. I Way back when in the days in 1992 when I was working at Swayman, I came up and down River Road right here. Where, where is Truvine at? 
right here. Huh? Passed all through the land. Didn't realize where I was going to be, but God was bringing me all through that. Try to show me where I was going to be at, huh? Y'all going to catch that on your way home. <laughs> Amen. Some of those businesses y'all have walked through, huh? Don't say never. Don't say never. Some of those houses you looked at and you viewed and things like that, you talk about, oh, I wish I had one like that. Don't say never. Huh? <laughs> Amen. Verse, uh, chapter 14 of Genesis. Hallelujah. God is able to do that for people that won't let that thing become more to them than him. Huh? Y'all there? I'm reading from the uh, Jewish study Bible, so it might read a little bit different than King James or whatever other version you may happen to have. It said, now when King Amraphel of Shinar, and if you remember in chapter 11 of Genesis, Shinar was where the Tower of Babel was, and who was the king or the ruler in Shinar? It was Nimrod. So it is said that Nimrod and Amraphel are the same people. Amraphel, Shinar, king of Arioch, of Eleazar, king of uh, King Chadalamar, of Elam, and Tidal, king title of Goin, which means nation or nations, that's what the word Goin means, made war on King Bera of Sodom, King Bersha of Gomorrah, King Shinab of Adma, King Shemaber of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zor. All the latter joined forces at the valley of what? Sidim. Now the Dead Sea. So Siddim is now the Dead Sea. That land is now sunken and underwater. Twelve years they served Chattelamar, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Chattelamar and the kings who were with him came and defeated the Rephaim at Ashtaroth, Karnain, the Zuzim at Ham, the Emim at Sheva, Kiriathane and the Horites in, the hill, in their hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. On their way back, they came to Enmishpath, which is Kadesh, and subdued all the territory of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites who dwelt in Hazazan Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim and the king of Bela, which is Zor, went forth and engaged them in battle in the valley of Sidim. King Chadalamar of Elam, king Tidal of Goim, king Amraphel of Shinar, and king Arioch of Eleazar, four kings against those five. So how many kings do you have in battle? Nine kings. Now, the valley of Siddim was dotted with bitumen. What did your Bible say there? It was what? Slime, Slime pits or tar? Tar pits. tar pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah in their flight threw themselves into them. They were trying to flee from battle. While the rest escaped to the hill country, 
the invaders seized all the wealth of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions, all their food. They took everything that they had, which was a, a battle uh, tactic, and went their way. They also took who? Lot. Lot, the son of Abram's brother, and his possessions, and departed, for he had what? Settled in Sodom. He had settled in a wicked place. When him and Abraham had uh, separated, what did, what did Lot do? He looked what? He looked left and he looked right. He looked towards Sodom and it appeared to be well watered and it appeared to be a good land and it appeared to be somewhere that was desirable, right? And Lot, to me, is more of a type of a fleshly Christian. Abraham is more of a spiritual Christian. Because Lot looked at what his eyes saw. Huh? And from the very beginning, when Adam and Eve was in the garden and the certain serpent was tempting Eve, what did Eve do? She looked and she saw and she said that the fruit looks desirable. Lot was governed by his flesh. Lot was governed by his desires. Lot was governed by what he saw. Lot was governed by what looked good. But Abraham was governed by a prophecy and Abraham was governed by the voice of God and Abraham was governed by faith. Isn't that right? So Lot wound up looking over there towards Sodom and the Bible said that Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. He pitched his tent toward what? Wickedness. Huh? Should we even look in the direction of wickedness? Huh? We should not even play around or look at it or, or move anywhere around it. Or we need to separate ourselves from that which is wicked as fast as possible. But Lot played around. And how many know that if you play around with it too long, you're going to wind up doing it? Huh? If, if the worst thing in the world is an unprincipled Christian. An unprincipled Christian. A, a Christian that doesn't draw the line nowhere. Huh? They don't draw the line nowhere. They're almost like a chameleon Christian. Lot learned to fit in with the people of Sodom. Why did he fit in so good with Sodom? Because there was something down inside of him that was just like Sodom. Huh? As long as there's something down inside of us that we have not dealt with that the world can get a hold of, this world will always pull us and pull us and pull us and pull us. It will always have an appeal to us when that, if it's lust, that lust hadn't been dealt with, then guess what? As soon as that woman come in church, half dressed, there go the men. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> huh? There they go. Because there's something inside of them that the devil is getting a hold of. Yes. Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. He don't have nothing to get a hold of. Huh? The Bible said that when Abraham and different other ones in, in, uh, that lived in faith in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, it said that they lived as pilgrims and strangers. But you mean to tell me you done went and you done got your citizenship card and you done went and you done signed, you done got your social security card over there in Sodom? <laughs> huh? People that gave you a address and everything. And you living in Sodom. Huh? 
The Bible said that, that we later on find uh, Lot sitting in the gate of Sodom. Now he's governing the affairs of Sodom. <laughs> At one point he was calling them what? Brethren. Brethren. Huh? That means that we have some kind of association, some kind of affiliation, some kind of relationship. Huh? <laughs> we can't have any relationship with the world. So because of his choice, his uncle wound up having to fight a battle that was not his. <laughs> huh? And because of some of our loved ones' choices, we ourselves at different times have wound up having to fight battles that did not belong to us. But even though the battle does not belong to us, God is still merciful. God comes to our rescue. God shows us our, how our disposition ought to be towards somebody whose battle is not really mine. Yes. But if we love them enough, we're going to go over there and do something about the situation. Amen. Amen. Huh? Even if they don't appreciate it. I don't even know if Lot told Abraham, thank you. Uh, huh? But Abraham realized that he had an obligation to Lot. Even though he had made a wrong choice. Huh? And that's, that's what it was. Family in the Middle Eastern culture, family was the most important thing to those people. Family. Sticking together. And that ought not to just be in the world, but that ought to be in the church. Because we are more, we are more real family than even our blood relatives. And no matter what decision that person may make, it may be a dumb decision. And I'm not calling anybody dumb, but you know there's some dumb decisions. There are some decisions that they shouldn't have made, but they made them because they were governed by the flesh. Because they were governed by their desires. They looked at with things with their natural eyes. That's what gets us in trouble all the time. Judging situations with our natural understanding. Judging people with our natural understanding. Looking through natural eyes will get us in trouble all the time. Going by the desires of the flesh will get us in trouble all the time. Don't say that we can't wind up inside of them. No, huh? Yeah, we can. I'm sure a lot didn't know everything that was going on inside of them. And he said, oh, I think I'm going to go over there and be wicked. Huh? He didn't know that, but our decisions can sometimes wind us up in some wicked places. With some wicked people doing some wicked things. And what is wickedness? Crookedness. Huh? Not even straight dealing with one another. Right dealing with one another. Crookedness. Because of our own desires. Because of our own flesh. Verse 13. My Bible says a fugitive. I think in King James it said one that had escaped. He says a fugitive brought the news. To Abram, the Hebrew. Hebrew means one that has crossed over. Who was dwelling at the terebinth of Mamre, the Amorite kinsman of Eshcol and Aner. These being Abram's, what? Allies. Allies. God always have somebody that's going to be with you. When Abram heard that his kinsman had been taken captive. How many know some of our loved ones have been taken captive? 
They've been taken. Some of them don't even realize they've been taken captive. They think they're free and all this kind of thing. Paul said, whoever you're the servant of, that's your master. He mustered his retainers. What does your Bible say? He did what? Gathered the trained men. Born into his household, numbering 318, and went where? In pursuit, as far as Dan. Sometimes we think, oh no, I'm not going to deal with that situation. Mm -mm, I'm not touching that. Huh? Y'all never been there? I've had, I've had some loved ones in my family. I thought, Lord, have mercy. Poor, I'm not messing with that. <laughs> but love overrules all that. Huh? Because you love them enough. The Bible says love covers a multitude of faults or sins. Isn't that right? We have to go after some people, church. We have to go after some people. When we hear about it, don't just be, uh, uh, oh, that's too bad. Of being passive about it or indifferent about it and all that, apathetic about it. Amen. We have to realize that that could have been us. And really, that's the time when things really hit us. Yeah. Is when it's our family, when it's our child. And what about somebody else's child? Amen. What about somebody else's family? Yeah. Huh? They need prayer too. Yeah. They need somebody to act on their behalf too. And we have the power. We just said it that we don't have this power. We have the power in our body. That the excellency of it might not be of us, but of God. God will give. Don't be talking about. Oh, I don't know if my my prayer gonna reach heaven. I don't know if it's gonna work. Ah, I can lay hands on him. I can anoint him with all. You just go anoint him with all. Lay hands on him and let God do the rest. It's not about you. Lord have mercy. Well, if somebody see me going over there, what if somebody see you going over? They saw Jesus go a lot of places. They called him a a, a sinner and a wine bibber. Huh? Because they, they even called him a friend of sinners. They thought they were slandering Jesus, but they were telling the truth. Yes, Jesus is a friend of sinners. And so should we be. I'm not saying do what they do or put yourself in harm's way or anything like that. But when the spirit, when the, did you hear what I said? When the spirit leads you to go to someone, go. That might be the last time they ever get a prayer. That might be the last time they ever get a word of encouragement. Maybe, maybe the last time you'll ever see them. Amen. Go. Because when the spirit, look, the Lord knows the end from the beginning. He sees further than we can see. Huh? He sees way further than we can see. There's a reason why God lays people on our heart. Abraham found out about Lot through somebody else that had escaped the situation, the battle. You might find out about that person through somebody at work or somebody, your, one of your relatives. You might find out about it on TV, wherever. But the main thing, if it's brought to you, it's brought to you for a reason. Amen. Abram realized that this news was brought to him for a reason because he needed to take action. Verse 15. At night, he waited until it was night. And they made a sneak attack on him. Ain't that right? Yes. Waited until it was night so that they couldn't recognize who was coming at them or which direction they were coming from. He and his servants deployed against them and defeated them. And he pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. He a long way. He didn't get tired. He kept, you know, sometimes we might get tired dealing with somebody that we're dealing with. But did God ever get tired of us? No. Did he ever stop dealing with us? No. Did he ever grow impatient with us? No. 
Jesus said, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's not just talking about when somebody do you wrong. That's talking about any situation. When they're not doing what God called them to do and the news come to you that they need prayer, you keep on praying because you're doing to them like you want somebody to do for you. If that was you in that situation. He brought back all the possessions. Did you hear what that Bible said? Abram brought back all the possessions. That person didn't lose anything. Huh? He also brought back his kinsman lot and his possessions. He didn't even lose anything. Even though he made a bad choice. <laughs> and if he had not made that bad choice, he would not have been there when they came there to invade the land. Did you hear what I said? If he had not made that choice, he would not have been there when they came to invade the land. Some people's choices put them in some bad predicaments oh, yeah. Yeah. where they could have avoided if they had just made the right choice. Huh? All of us have been there. I'm not talking to you like I had never been there. But if we hadn't made that choice, then we would not have got the results that we got. But because of the mercy of God, we didn't lose what we could have lost. Huh? We could have lost a lot. We, some situations, we could have lost our lives. Some of us, some of the situations that our decisions have put us in, we could have lost our life. But because of the mercy of God, because God had somebody praying, because somebody had some, God had somebody fasting, because God had somebody, huh? You might not never know them. You might not never meet them. You might not never know their name. But yet you best believe that God has somebody warring for you, praying for you. In the church of Jesus Christ today, let me tell you something. It's good to be humble. It's very good to be humble. The Bible said that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Some people can't get no grace because they're not humble. Huh? They can't get no help. Grace is unmerited favor. God doing something for you that you don't even deserve. Huh? But they can't get it because they're not humble. And guess what pride to do? Pride to have you saying, I got it when you know you're struggling. I got it. I can fight this battle myself. No, sometimes we need some help. Huh? Don't be so prideful. I, I hope I'm never prideful enough to say I don't need anybody. Huh? All of us need some help at one time or another. That's why God put a body together. We are called the body of Christ because we need one another. We need the eyeballs. We need the feet. We need the legs. We need the ligaments. We need the head. We need the toes. We need everything. If we didn't need each other, God wouldn't have never put us together. Pride and the women and the rest of the people. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. When he returned from defeating Chedorlaomer and the kings with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Sheba, which is the valley of the king. And King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest. Of the most high. Now let me stop right there for a minute. And finish my thought. That it's good to be humble. God wants us to be humble. But the Bible said that Abraham. Or Abram at that time. Went out to battle. 
Sometimes we have to know how to fight. We have to know how to fight. Paul said of the devil, we are not ignorant of his devices. Abraham knew what he was doing when he went out there. He knew how to fight. He went out there with trained men. Huh? The church of Jesus Christ today need to train some people if they don't know how to fight. Need to train some people how to fast, how to pray, how to do spiritual warfare because we are in a spiritual battle. If you don't think so, look at some of the names of these kings that were mentioned. All the kings of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the king, king Amraphel, which meant the dark sayer. Huh? The one that practiced witchcraft. Huh? We need to know how to fight, just like that movie War Room. We need to know how to shut ourselves in with God. Jesus said we need to know how to go into our prayer closet and shut the door is not about a, a, a spectating uh, thing where people, we want everybody to know how much we praying. But prayer is between me and him. That's what prayer is between me and him. So that's what God wants us to realize that we need to know how to fight. The Bible said that Abram went out there with his what? Trained men. It's all right to be blessed. The Bible says, that uh, God, Jesus said in one of his, in, in Matthew, he said, don't think about what you're going to put on, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, and all those kinds of things. Because after all those things, the Gentiles seek, those people that don't know God, seek those kind of things. But he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these other things will be added unto you. We have to prioritize our Christian lives because the, the devil is playing for keeps in case we didn't know it. In Revelation, the Bible said, woe unto you, inhabitants of the earth, because the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that his, his time is short. Huh? How many know that we're in a battle? How many know that we're in a warfare? How many know how to fight? How many know how to war against the devil? You can't get scared when you're warring against the devil because you got to come against the devil in the name of the Lord. It's not about you fighting, but it's the one that fights in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that right? So I think the church need to get busy in training on how to fight, how to war against the devil, how to come against him in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you this also. We all have fought battles in our lives and we're going to fight some more if the if Lord leaves us here on the earth. But let me tell you this, that Abraham didn't go against these people uh, ignorantly. God gave him a plan. He told him to go against them at night. Huh? Well, they can't even see how many coming against them. They can't see which direction you're coming from. If you're going to fight this battle, you have to have a strategy, not from yourself, but from God. And let me say this also, that every battle is not fought the same way. Oh, y'all should have been shouting. Well, T.D. Jakes had said that y'all be shouting right now. <laughs> get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> huh? We cannot fight. Each battle the same way. 
Did you hear what I said? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Huh? Sometimes you certain battles. Jesus said that this kind does not come out except by what? Fasting and prayer. You can't just shout at the devil sometimes. Huh? He don't care about your volume. He care about that power that's coming against him. That's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what gets rid of him. The Bible says draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Huh? God will give you a strategy on how to deal with what you're dealing with. He will let you know what you're dealing with and then show you how to deal with it. Sometimes we don't even know what we're dealing with. Let me give you a for instance then. A family, a husband and a wife, the child is unruly. The child is doing all kinds of things that is unseemly, ungodly. They just won't listen. No matter how much rule you try to put down in their life, they, they cross the line every time. Cross the line every time. They do what they want to do, not what you're asking them to do. Huh? But yet, if you look underneath the surface... It is a spirit that is controlling that child. It is a spirit of rebellion. A spirit of rebellion. And you're not going to get rid of that thing by whooping them. Huh? I'm not saying that the ride, the Bible says spare the ride, spoil the child. But nowadays you might go to jail if you, if you will. But it worked with us. Amen? To a certain extent. But sometimes... When the Lord shows us what we're really dealing with, we're dealing with a spirit of rebellion in that family, that mother, that father needs to go into prayer and fast. And I'm not just talking about now nah, lay me down to speak type prayer. I'm talking about a prayer, a fervent prayer. The Bible said the fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Huh? Sometimes, look, when you're dealing with some situation, you have to go against that thing with everything that you have. The Bible said of Jesus when he was going to Calvary, the Bible said that Jesus was in the garden and he was sweating and it was great drops of blood. How many of us have labored in prayer? Huh? Pray until the situation changes. Huh? Persistence. Devil, you're not going to win this time. You're not going to win this time. No, you're not going to win this time. No, no, no. I prayed before and guess what? I'm going to keep praying. Elijah said that it, it's not going to rain except at my word. He asked his servant, he said, is, 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 do you see any cloud yet? Do you see any rain yet? When he was praying, the servant said, no, I don't see none yet. What did Elijah do? Elijah went back and prayed again. He said, he went back to the servant. Do you see any, any, any cloud yet? Do you see any rain clouds yet? The servant said, no. What did Elijah do? Went back and prayed again. Huh? When he came back again, he said, do you see any rain cloud? Do you see anything starting to form that look like rain? And what did the servant say? I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, that's it. 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 That's what I'm talking about. It works. Whatever God tells us to do in his word, the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. We are fighting a real foe. We are fighting a real enemy. And sometimes it takes persistence and sometimes it takes a fervent prayer. And sometimes it takes just hanging in there. Sometimes God will tell you in certain battles, just stand still. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Just keep doing what you're doing, but don't do nothing extra. Huh? 
Yolanda Adams sung that song, The Battle Is Not Mine. It's the Lord's. Huh? Some of us need to go on our job and say, The battle is not mine. It's the Lord. Some of us need to walk into our house and say, The battle is not mine. It's the Lord. Some of these situations with marriages and all this kind of thing. We need to go in there and say, the battle is not mine, it's the Lord. And every time that situation looks like it's getting ugly, you tell your mate, the battle is not mine, it's the Lord. Huh? Sometimes we want to come against things in the flesh and I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell you how I feel and, and I'm going to let you know what time it is and all that kind of I'll let you know what time it is. What time it is is that the battle is not mine, it's the Lord. That's what time it is. It's time for us to rely on God to show us how to deal with everything that we have to deal with in our lives and stop letting things overcome us. We need to become overcomers. Not the overcome, but the overcomers. Huh? If this Bible said it is real, it's the truth. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that is the truth. And so some of us ought to be coming out of some situations because the one that lives in us is greater than anything. Lord have mercy. Let that fear grip your heart. You can't sleep at night. Some people, they have to take a pill to get up and a pill to go to bed. And, and, and they, you know, they have they talk to everybody under the sun. And, girl, I just can't sleep. And I don't know what's going on. And, I, you know, I just, I just can't rest and look like this, that, and other. But let me tell you something. Not only will you be in that battle, you won't be in that battle by yourself. Amen. No. You're not in that battle by yourself. And that's one of the tactics of the enemy is to try to make us feel like we're all by ourselves. Huh? How you think Lot felt when all these people were coming against him and he was being taken captive and all that kind of thing? He felt like he was in it all by himself. Uncle Abraham is way over there. But let me tell you something. When God is on your side, God will get somebody to you. Huh? And if he doesn't get somebody to you, it's the time that he wants you to just stand and rely upon him. Don't worry about none of that other stuff. I don't care what it look like. The prophet said, even though I don't see any, any, any cattle in the stall and I don't see no fruit on the vine, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Can you rejoice when you don't see nothing because you have a promise? Huh? Abraham had a promise. And it didn't matter what it looked like. It really didn't matter what it looked like, Doc. Because he had a promise. But it's not just that he had a promise, but he had a promise from one that cannot lie. Oh, Lord have mercy. Thank you, Father. Huh? <laughs> Anybody can make you a promise. Huh? But he had a promise from one that cannot lie. Not that he will not. He cannot. Huh? He's not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Mother, if he promised you something, guess what? It's coming. You might as well make room for it because it's coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Let's just read the rest of this and then we're going to close. Amen. Verse 18. And King Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high. He blessed him saying, blessed be Abram of God most high. He found his identity in God. Have you found your identity in God? Creator of heaven 
and earth. Don't matter what nobody say about you, Sister Arlene. If we found our identity in God, that's who we are. We're not what nobody said about us, but we are who he says we are. <laughs> Hallelujah. And blessed be God most high. Some children have believed all kind of lies about themselves. Oh, Lord have mercy. Who was delivered or who has delivered your foes into your hand. God is going to deliver some foes into your hand because he said, I will make your enemies your footstool. Amen. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the possessions for yourselves. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I swear to the Lord God most high. And I believe in uh, uh, King James, he said he lifted his hand to God, creator of heaven and earth. I will not take so much as a thread or a sandal strap. Of what is yours, you shall not say it is I who made Abram rich. For me, nothing but what my servants have used up as for the share of the men who went with me. Anner, Ashkol, and Mamre, let them take their share. Abram realized who gave him the battle. Abram said, I'm not going to take nothing from you. Matter of fact, it was, it was rightfully Abram's anyway. Because Abram was around them, they were in confederate with him, and so that's why they won the battle. Yeah. Some people don't realize <laughs> why they're being blessed. Yeah. It's because they are in association yeah. with the right people. Yeah. That anointing is rubbing off yeah. on them. Huh? Some children don't realize why their lives are going so good right now because they have godly parents that are praying for them, that are persevering in God for them. Some people don't realize why their churches are prospering and being successful spiritually and materially. It's because they have the right man or the right woman of God and they're associated with the anointing. It's not me, but it's the one who called me. Hallelujah. It's not me, it's the one who called me. Huh? It's not you, it's the one that called you. Hallelujah. Let's pray.